the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event in weekly Bible study for January 2nd, 2011, and this is our first study for 2011, and it's a pretty much of a doozy. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to get through on this. I know I said this last week, but I am going to try to get as far into this as I can. Uh, right now it's thirty-five, about a 35-page study here, so... Uh, we'll see what we can get accomplished today. The, ver- the first part of the study is going to be more updates on uh, <clears throat> the Muslim situation and how that also uh, relates to our government as well. Uh, not just reporting on Muslim activity, but the actual uh, how our government is actually perpetuating it in America. And then we're going to be segueing into some just miscellaneous topics um, that have kind of been building up in my email for a while, and uh, then we're going to be getting into some the uh, some more things on the TSA and the airports, how that is actually worsening, and then also just some things we're reporting on in Big Brother, uh, license plate readers, this thing called the Patriot app that they have available for smartphones now, uh, and then all the things that they actually did over the end part of this lame duck Congress, particularly over the Xmas break where they railroaded uh, various pieces of legislation down our throat. And um, we're going to be just kind of looking at a cursory look at that as well. And then we're going to be uh, segueing a little bit into some health topics regarding flu shots. Uh, uh, the uh, There's actually an ingredient in hand soap, the antibacterial hand soaps that we're going to be discussing that's actually a, a considered a pesticide and could actually kill you. And then a new trick that Monsanto is pulling with a product called Neotame, which is their uh, knockoff of Aspartame, and it's actually even more toxic, and they're going to be slipping it into even organic things, and they don't have to label it at all. And then we're going to be, the last part is going to be looking at the Gulf situation, just an update there. I like to update, do at least one update Oh, any, every month to, to six weeks. I think it's probably a little more frequent than that. Because that situation has not gotten gone away, and it's not uh, going to go away anytime soon. Probably not in our lifetime. And so the first uh, article we're looking at here. Let's see here. Let's just read a few Bible verses. First John four eighteen. It says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment." He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So a lot of the things we discuss on a weekly basis, uh, if you're just looking and specifically focusing on the topic at hand, uh, that can invoke a sense of fear, obviously fear of man, but the Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. Now, the Bible predicts these things are going to happen. So what we're trying to do is keep you informed and uh, so that you're not ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of you. And this is one of the purposes of this ministry. and um, But it says, There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts without fear, because fear hath torment. And then Hebrews 13.6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So these are Bible verses that you can memorize and quote back to yourself if you feel that you know, spirit of fear overtaking you, particularly in days and times to come. And I know I said this back in 2009, but, you know, it would be hard for me to envision getting out of 2011 without it really getting really bad, particularly, uh, I think it's going to be global, but also in America in particular. And um, I think for a lot of people are emailing me and asking me, what do I do? What do I, and I, the best thing I can tell people is to pray and fast and get into the Word of God. Because I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. God, in your particular respective situation... Uh, we're not all cookie cutter in, in your specific, uh, uh, situation. He may have a specific plan for you that is very different than the next person. So what I see is a lot of the remnant out there, little pockets of believers, 
um, for the most part, that have come out of the 501c3 Corporate Church of America. And I know that, that some of my listeners still do that. And, and, you know, that's between them and the Lord. I'm not condemning them. Just saying that, that a lot of my listeners have done that, made that decision. And they're, they're not going to a, um, a 501c3 Corporate Church in America. They've, they're, um, you know, they're not celebrating, you know, the pagan holidays that have been put where we've had this Christian veneer put on them. And, and they feel ostracized and isolated, and, and um, uh, they're wondering what they should do. And the best thing I can tell them is pray and fast and, and, and ask the Lord, you know, what he needs you to do, or, or, or to open the doors no man can shut, and shut the doors no man can open regarding your specific situation. And I believe the Lord likes it when we ask specific uh, questions or if we pray and fast in a very specific manner because he can get greater glory if he answers you in a very specific way because you can't say it was by chance if it was something very specific you were praying and fasting about and then all of a sudden that happens or, or, or that answer is revealed. He gets more glory that way. The more specific, you know, the, um, the thing that you're praying and fasting about. So that's you know, pretty much how I look at it. I believe I can, you know, give you scripture for that as well. And that's probably the best thing I can tell you to do. I mean, obviously, there, there are certain things, um, you know, um, that you can be doing, you know, thinking about long-term, you know, water in, in food stores and, and um, you know, shelter and clothing and these types of things. But not everybody is going to be in a position where they may be able to do that. Or, or maybe, you know, an elderly person or or someone like that where they're just not in a position where maybe they don't have the funds and um, they're, you know, they're maybe in a shut-in type of situation. The Lord can still protect that person just as easy as he can protect somebody that has ample, um, you know, funds to be able to do whatever, you know, they need to do. So... That's the thing we, we always have to bear in mind. The Lord can take care of us in whatever situation that we're in. And the safest position any of us can be in is in the center of God's will. And that may be in the center of a lot of crisis. It, it may be. He may have you there in a specific situation so that you can be that um, light. You can be salt and light to a dying world. And, and um, I think it's going to be different for pretty much everybody regarding the, these end time scenarios. And I do believe he's probably going to bring some, uh, obviously some of the remnant together and the pockets he's going to um, bring them together to a certain extent. But again, it's hard for me to be dogmatic because I'm not God and I'm not sitting here saying I'm a prophet or anything. These are just the way I, I would think things would tend to play out. And I believe 2011 is going to be uh, really rough. Uh, particularly considering the draconian legislation they just railroaded through in America and all of the other things. It's just that they're getting so flagrant and so cavalier with their attitude that it's hard for me to come to any other conclusion than that they're really getting ready to implement things. And and the, the sheeple people, for the most part, and the frozen chosen in the 501c3 corporate church, those that want a little brew cream religion, a little dabble, do you? Um, they're basically part of the problem because they've done virtually nothing to stem the tide of evil, particularly you know the the ones that are would be call themselves Christians in the normal lukewarm church. You know, in America, they're just not doing anything. The, the pastors haven't warned them about things. They don't think anything's gonna going to uh, overtake them or, or anything evil is going to befall them. And for the most part, they've sit back and done nothing. The churches can't say anything because they're going to jeopardize their 501c3 corporate status. And if that was the case, they could literally lose their church. And, and that's the facts. I mean, that is the facts. You're, there are certain things that you cannot or you should not be saying if you're a pastor of a 501c3 corporate church. Because... That the government and the state gave you your right to exist. And if they gave you your right to exist, they can take that status away from you if you violate the policies of your corporate charter, of your church. 
And there's a lot of things that they need to keep their mouth shut about. Not only that, there's a lot of controversial topics that the, the pastor should be warning their congregations about that they're not because it would be unpopular, it would scare a lot of people, and they would lose a lot of members, and their revenues would go down, and they would lose a ton of money. That's what it boils down to. They're, they're hirelings, as far as I'm concerned, that have no true love for the flock, as the Bible talks about, because the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. But the hireling is doing it for the hire. A lot of them are just flat out wolves in sheep's clothing. They're just posing as ministers of righteousness, yet it's no marvel if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light. It's no marvel if that his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. In other words, they appear as ministers of righteousness, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Inwardly, as Jesus Christ said of the Pharisees and Sadducees, they are whitened sepulchers full of dead man's bones. Serpents and vipers. And, and people say, well, you know, you shouldn't judge in this and that. Well, Jesus Christ judged the Pharisees and Sadducees. He called them serpents, vipers, vipers whitened sepulchers, which means a tomb. A whitened tomb, meaning it was, real, it was a tomb that looked real pretty on the outside, but inwardly it was full of dead man's bones. You know, Jesus went in there and, and, and took a whip and scourged the money changers and overturned the tables and, and, and um, you know, he went pretty... Uh, Got pretty mad there regarding that particular situation as well. So, what we're here to do is expose and reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and to have no fellowship with them, which is exactly what the Bible commands us to do. But not a lot of that is done in um, the modern day religious community that we have today. So, anyway, I just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. So, amen. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. These are, these are verses, you know, we can kind of key on and, and quote when... Um, what time I am afraid I will trust in thee. Psalm 56.3. That's a real easy one to memorize because it just it rhymes. What time I am afraid I will trust in thee, Psalm 56, 3. So, praise the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I believe it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So, these are just verses that I think it's very important to commit these things to memory, because there's going to come a time, most likely, when our Bibles um, will be taken away. Um, First article here we can get into is entitled, U.S. Congressman Declares Borders Will Be Irrelevant. Stunning statement from the same lawmaker sworn in with their hand on the Koran and not the Bible. This is from World Daily Net. shows a picture of Nancy Pelosi and Representative Keith Ellison and another lady. They're all happy-go-lucky swearing in, I guess, in the Koran. A so-called spiritual conference at which Representative Keith Ellison, Democrat from Minnesota, called for the U.S. border to become an irrelevancy, was led by a slew of extremists, including a Marxist who reportedly compared the Tea Party movement to Hitler. Now, I'm not here to endorse the Tea Party movement, okay? But this is what he compared the Tea Party movement to, to Hitler. You know, woe to them that call evil good and good evil. You know, and this is what these people constantly do. They're... They're, they call things that are evil good and good evil. I'm not saying the Tea Party movement's wonderful or anything like that, but you know, to, to say something like that is just—it's just pretty amazing. But when he says that he wants to call for the borders to become an irrelevancy, meaning they're irrelevant, of all the legislations that I saw over this lame duck Xmas break, that the only one I saw that didn't go through. There may be one other one. Because it was just defeat after defeat after defeat. I mean, unbelievable. The only one I saw of, that was really big that didn't go through was the amnesty one. Now, we're going to report, I believe, later in this talk that the reason that's not going to matter is because they're just going to erase the borders anyway. So if they erase the borders, it's really not going to matter if the amnesty didn't pass because they're going to grandfather all the illegal aliens in anyway. So, that's most likely why that probably didn't happen. 
conference speakers included radicals with deep ties to President Obama. Now, this was a spiritual conference where this guy was sworn in, uh, uh, evidently on a Quran. Uh, yesterday, TheBlaze.com, founded by Fox News host Glenn Beck, provided a video from a conference led by the network of spiritual progressives, the NSP, in which Ellison, the first Muslim member of Congress, declared to about 400 attendees that God willing, meaning Allah willing, in his eyes, the U.S. border will become irrelevant. So you got a Muslim who was sworn in on a Quran who has no right to have any part in this government whatsoever. None. And he's saying that the borders will become irrelevant. Well, all his buddy Muslims are pouring over that border, you know, pretty much as we speak. We've proved this in other studies. And um, there are so many different Muslim extremists and terrorists that are already pre-positioned on American soil. And that's all been done by design by our government so that they would be there. So that whenever, whatever trigger needs to get pulled, and obviously you know most likely that there was a lot of talk over the, um, about, with Christmas and with the New Year's, that there there might be some big-time terrorist attack. And there still may one come, but they, they're always, you know, they were saying that everything was on high alert during that particular time. And yet these very same Muslims that they let pour into the country, and I mean, I'm talking some of the most radical elements, are already here pre-positioned. We know they're here. And a lot of times we, we know exactly where they're at, but we just won't do it. The government won't do a thing about it. They won't do a thing about all the illegal aliens that are here uh, doing all the garbage that they're doing. What they will do something about is the, is the normal American uh, here that's considered much more of a terrorist than any of these other elements that they've just let pour into, our, into this country. And this is, the, this is the day and times that we're living in, unfortunately. So let's go to the next story here. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton condemns the white Europeans. White Europeans are now the enemy. And again, this reiterates what the, the point I just started making here. <clears throat> In her annual report on human rights, Secretary of State Hillary, I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton takes to task white Europeans for manifesting increased discrimination against the Muslims. We're manifesting Increased discrimination. These people are the most hate-filled, discriminating people that I know of on the planet. And I've proved that through I don't know how many studies. And yet, this witch has the audacity to take white Europeans to task. And I'm not, this isn't like, for me, this isn't like some Aryan thing. I'm just saying, she has the audacity to say white Europeans are, are need to be taken to task for manifesting increased discrimination against these poor Muslims. And we're, we're going to look at that subject in depth. Ms. Clinton and her staff denounced not only Switzerland for its ban on the construction of new minarets, uh, but also the restriction on wearing burqas and headscarves in France, Germany, and Netherlands. The report turns a harsh eye on the Netherlands, where Muslims number about 850,000 and criticizes the insensitive Dutch prosecutor's office for dismissing complaints over the dissemination of a series of controversial cartoons, including those of a Danish artist depicting the Prophet Muhammad and determining that the cartoons were neither uh, offensive to Muslims as a group nor caused discrimination against Islam. Okay, now, before we get into this any further, all this garbage about discrimination and this and that, Let's let's look at a little. Let, let's look at the other side of the coin here. This this little thing is called twisted logic. The poor Muslims they get insulted, we get beheaded. Now I, I've read this probably I don't know a year ago, year and a half ago. I want to read it again. And again, this isn't up to date. This is just I'm just reading this to make a point here. Muslims claim to be the murderers of at least three thousand. They claim to be the murderers of at least three thousand uh, people in New York in 9/11. Expect no criticism. Muslims murder 202 tourists in Bali and expect no criticism. Muslims murder 333 schoolchildren and their teachers in Bislan and expect no criti- criticism. Muslims murder 292 innocents, mainly Kenyans and Tan- Tan- Tanzanians, at two U.S. embassies and expect no criticism. Muslims murder 241 U.S. and 58 French peacekeepers in Beirut and expect no criticism. Muslims fire 4,000, that should actually be about 12,000, Katusha rockets into northern Israel 
killing over 50, and that's, I'm sure that number's a lot higher, killing over 50 innocent civilians and expect no criticism. Now, that's one of the key points I've talked about when I talked about Israel. You know, they, they, they're, they're firing, they fired like over 10,000 rockets at them. Every time they give them more land, Israel gives them more land, all they do is get a little bit closer so they can get closer to fire the rockets in. And this is how they get rewarded for the land for peace giveaway. Okay, I'm not saying Israel's perfect. I'm not saying there's not uh, Zionists, you know, Jews at the head of the Illuminati. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying the Rothschilds. Aren't, okay, so again, you, you don't don't accuse me of that. I'm saying let's have some biblical balance. Are we going to throw the whole Jewish nation like the baby out with the bathwater when we talk? Like a lot of people want to do, they just want to demonize all of Israel and say they're all terrible and they're all wicked. And there's no biblical balance whatsoever. The Bible says that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile come in. And the Bible is very clear. In Revelation 7 and 14, that there is going to be 12,000 or 144,000 male Jewish virgins sealed, okay, 12,000 from each tribe, and you can go ahead and spiritualize that all you want and tell me, oh no, those are the, some people say it's the black races, some people say it's the white Anglo races, whatever. You know, the Bible's very clear. God is not done with Israel. Okay, and you can you can look in Zechariah and Revelation and a lot of things in you know even in Daniel that deal with the end times and know that God is not done with Israel. Okay, so anyway, um, Muslims murder fifty two in London and one hundred and ninety one in Madrid and expect no criticism. Muslims murder two hundred in Mumbai and expect no criticism. Muslims behead Western hostages in Iraq. Buddhist monks in Thailand and Christian schoolgirls in Indonesia and expect no criticism. Muslims murder 500,000 in Darfur and expect no criticism. Muslims regard Jews as the son of pigs and monkeys and vow to nuke Israel and kill them all and expect no criticism. Muslims force women to wear hideous sacks, stone to death women for getting, for getting raped. They'll stone a woman to death for getting raped. And, and for leaving the home unescorted, engage in honor killings of sisters and daughters for unapproved dating, practice general mutilation of young girls, practice pedophilia and young bride weddings, and take child brides, and expect no criticism. Muslims danced in the streets and handed out sweets to their kids to celebrate the 9-11 atrocity, and still expected no criticism. Since 9-11, Muslims have killed over 26,000, now this is, again, this is dated, very much dated, and wounded over 50,000 in terrorist attacks worldwide since 9-11, and expect no criticism. Since 9-11, Muslims have committed terror acts in Afghanistan, Algeria, Bangladesh, Belgium, Chad, Chechnya, Dagestan, Denmark, East Timor, Egypt, England, Eritrea, Ethiopia, France, Germany, India, Indonesia, Ingushetia, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Jordan, Jordan, Iraq, Karbadino, Balkans, Kenya, Kosovo, Kuwait, Kyrgyzstan, Lebanon, Marantia, Morocco, Netherlands, Nigeria, Pakistan, Gaza, Palestinian Authority, uh, Philippines, Qatar, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Scotland, Somalia, Spain, Sri Lanka, Sudan, Syria, Tagestan, Thailand, Tunisia, Turkey, United Arab Emirates, United Arab Republic, United States, Uzbekistan, and Yemen, and Yemen, and still expect no criticism. Muslims have carried out over 5,800 fatal terrorist atrocities since 9/11, and countless thousands since the Islamic conquest began in 1623, and still expect no criticism. But if anyone dares to tell the truth about Muslim, or the Danes publish a simple cartoon about Muhammad, then let the outpourings of Islamic hate and outrage begin. That, I mean, if there was ever a religion that exemplified hypocrisy, the religion of peace, this one is it. This one is it. I'm not saying I want them to go to hell. I'm saying we should pray for them to go to heaven. Okay, and to get saved, if it be possible. If it be possible. God knows the beginning from the end. He knows who are going to get saved and who's not going to get saved. Okay? 
And the fact remains is wide is the gate which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. And that doesn't mean I think I'm better than any of them. I'm not saying that. But those are the biblical facts. Okay? And this is a this is a religion where they are absolutely from, literally from the womb, brought up in just absolute, total, abject hate. Hatred is the hallmark of Islam. Hatred and hypocrisy and murder and death and evil. All manner of wickedness is the, is the hallmark of this religion, this cult. I'm, I'm looking at pictures here, uh, these guys, the, it, it's, a, it's a peace demonstration in London. I love the signs. I mean, it's really, it's, it's you know, it, it's re- they're really nice. Islam will dominate the world. I'm reading right from their signs. I'm not, and, I, and I, this PDF will be available with the uh, January 2nd, 2011 PDF teaching on continuefortruth.com. Uh, another sign reads, slay those who insult Islam. Another says, Europe, you will pay. Demolition is on its way. Behead those who insult Islam. Butcher those who mock Islam. Europe, you will pay. Your extermination is on the way. Now this is what happens when you let them come into your country and they slowly start to take over. And as they increase in numbers and as they increase in power, their true fangs start to show. It's just like Satan. At first he can come in looking like a nice little lamb over in the corner. But as you let him come in and gain a foothold... His true colors will start showing. Catholic Church is the same way. You let them come in, but if they get to a position of power preeminence, then they will come and, I mean, just look at the Inquisition, where they butchered over 50 uh, million people. A lot of them were were born-again, Bible-believing Christians. And that's the fruit of Catholicism, and this is the fruit of Islam. And, And, you know, these are things that need to be exposed. Why isn't the Christian church particularly in America, exposing this. No, no, no. They're yoking up with them. We're going to prove that as well. They're yoking up. Oh, we can't say that. That might be politically incorrect. We'll lose people. We'll lose tithes. We'll lose congregation members. We'll lose our 501c3 corporate status. We might offend somebody. Did these people ever have a backbone? I mean, did they have any fear of God at all? Anyway, the contents of this report, which have failed to capture widespread national attention, also, now this is going back to the Clinton thing, where she was, um, uh, Hillary Clinton, where she was talking about, you know, that we, um, uh, we're terrible for, for discriminating against the Muslims, okay? The contents of this report, which have failed to capture widespread national attention, also decry the authorities in Denmark for continuing to provide protection for Kurt Westergaard. This criticism has caused some political analysis, including Edward Hopkins, to wonder if Mrs. Clinton and the State Department are calling upon the Danes to allow the irate Muslims who assassinated Theo Van Gogh to behead Mr. Westergaard, because this guy's totally in fear for his life. Okay, I've talked about him before. Well, if the Danes didn't protect this man, the Muslims would take him out and lynch him and kill him and behead him in front of everyone. So what is, what is, what is good old Hillary talking about? I mean, if they don't protect the guy, is she just saying, no, no, you need to turn him over to the Muslims. He needs to pay. That is essentially what she's saying. This is how sick and twisted and warped and demented this witch is. Other pronouncements in this report are equally provocative. They further condemn the United Kingdom for its, quote, terrorism act, which imposes a range of restrictions on individuals suspected of terrorism-related activities. Discrimination against Muslims, the report proclaims, is an increasing prop concern. I mean, it's like, it literally, it's like you're living in an insane asylum, and, and the people that are the most insane are the one in charge of the asylum. This is what it's like living in today's modern day and age. Total, absolute, abject insanity everywhere you turn. And, and it does. It does have a tendency. I, I'd be honest. It does have a tendency to, to want to get to you. This is why we got to keep focusing back on the Word of God and the promises in the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. The report has little to say about the expulsion and persecution of Christians in Iran, the general mutilation of women and children in Somalia and other Muslim countries, and the virulent anti-Christian and Jewish rhetoric in mosques within Europe and throughout the world. No, no, none of that matters. 
all of these horrific atrocities the Muslims are constantly committing, those are all ignored. Nor did the report address the realization that every conflict throughout the world, from Chechnya to China, from Indonesia to India, from Afghanistan to Argentina, from Somalia to Sudan, and from the Balkans to the Philippines, involves a manifestation of Islam. I mean, do you see a lot of terrorist bombers that, that are, that are um, Buddhists? Or uh, Taoists? Or, or Muslims? I mean, not Muslims, or Mormons? or Jehovah Witnesses, they're always Muslims. 99, probably 99.9% of the time. I mean, isn't this the big thing, Why, why what we just were threatened about in America? The Muslim, uh, potential Muslim terrorist bomb. Isn't this the reason TSA is doing all this draconian garbage in the airports? Because of the Muslims? And yet, they let them do whatever they want to do and condemn anybody that would actually... Uh, say anything against this this religion of death, this death cult, it's insane. Totally insane. I'm just here to point out the obvious, I guess. Throughout her career, Miss Clinton has been an ardent admirer and defender of Islam. On one occasion, she praised Islam for its, quote, universal values of love of family and community and mutual respect education, and the deepest yearning of all to live in peace. Values that can strengthen us as a people and strengthen the United States as a nation. That's a quote. End of quote. I mean, wow. What do you say? I mean, that's so beyond delusional, that statement. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Universal values, love of family... These people bring their children up where they literally, I, I've, I've even heard from when they're pre, when the women are pregnant, they speak, speak into the womb, like the, the male figure will speak into the womb, just all these hatred phrases, to try to literally, because the babies are aware, even in the womb, of, to a certain amount, things that are going on outside of the womb. That's been proven. And they're literally brainwashing these babies from the earliest possible age into hate. Then you have all the generational... Uh, demonic baggage that goes along with being a child, being brought up in one of these families. The sins of the forefathers are carried to the third and fourth generation, as the Bible talks about. And then the cartoons that they're played. I mean, they're talking about marching around and killing killing Israelis, and, and they do it where they've got like Mickey Mouse in the background, and then they've got this romper room environment that they've got on TV. And I mean, I've seen these videos. I've seen them. You can go up there and, and, and watch them for yourself. Can Muslim cartoons on YouTube. Maybe Muslim cartoons in, in hate or something. I don't know. You'll find them. There's whole videos about this stuff. It is so sick. I mean, to do that to a child is so incomprehensible. And so it's no wonder they grow up so twisted and warped. I mean, it's incredibly sad. It really is. But this is what we're dealing with. Going further, on October 3rd, 2009, Secretary, the Secretary of State, uh, Hillary uh, Clinton, visited the Iqbad Memorial in Pakistan, where, where wearing a hijab, which is like a garment for women in Muslim, in, in Islam, she joined the imam, which would be like the priest of Islam in that particular setting, and the Muslim dignitaries in in an Islamic prayer. She joined them in this. The service included the result, the, included the Surah Al-Alakiyahs, which Miss Clinton recited. This Surah contains the following four Ayahs. Okay, so I'm sorry if I'm butchering any of these words, but this is, this is what Hillary recited. Okay, number one. Say he is Allah, the one clear of all partners and similars. Meaning, what does that mean? That means basically like he is the God of gods, is basically what it's saying. And then the second um, of this, she said, Allah is the one needed by all, and he needs none. Now this is a stinking moon god. Okay, we've proven this. All it is is a fallen angel, the moon god. That's all Allah is. He is not the God of the Christians. And I mean, if he was, then it wouldn't contradict the Bible. The Quran contradicts the Bible in so many places, it's not even funny. So, all you're dealing with is a fallen angel here. Allah does not beget children, and he is not begotten. And then the 
fourth part says, and there is none in any way similar to him with H-I-M capitalized, just like you would capitalize God. So, you know, they're, they're elevating Allah to a level above the God of the Christian Bible. In fact, the God of the Christian Bible is not even considered in their death cult religion. Okay, so this is about as blasphemous of a thing as you could recite. She had no problem with it. Well, she's of her father the devil, and of his lust she will do. She was a liar from the beginning, just like her father, Satan, Hillary Clinton, just like Obama, and just like 99.9% of all those people that are, that are in high-level politics in our government. They've all sold us out. You don't get there, you don't get to that level unless you're totally sold out to Satan. You don't get there unless they can control you. Okay. Now, I'm not saying there couldn't be an exception. Okay. I'm not saying, you know, what about, okay, okay, fine. But I'm talking about, for the most part, 99% of the time, and it's probably a higher percentage than that. It's probably 100%. So, that's very important to remember. Uh, Hamas video. Allah kill, uh, is entitled, Allah kill Christians and Jews to the last one. A video on the official Hamas TV calls for Allah to kill Jews, Christians, communists, and their supporters. The video asks Allah to count them and kill them to the very last one and don't leave even one. Now that's a quote from the video. Count them and kill them to the last one and don't leave even one. See, that's what they want to do to you and us. Anybody that is not Islam. They want total world domination. They've made that very clear. And the Jews are the main target. And then once they're done with the Jews, they're going to come after everyone else. The Christians would be second. Anyone that will not convert must be killed, according to the Quran. The Quran commands them to do this. And I've given you the, the quotes, exact quotes from the Quran. You know, I don't know why this stuff isn't being put out there. I don't understand why the Christian church is sitting back and not saying this stuff. Because I don't think they're, for the most part, doing it. I'm not saying all. I'm not saying everyone is not doing anything. Okay, but, you know, I, I don't think for the most part it's happening. As the Palestinian Media Watch has reported, this call for killing of non-Muslims was a regular pronouncement by both Palestinian Authority and Hamas political and religious leaders for many years starting in July of 2000. For years, sermons by religious leaders on official Palestinian TV under Yasser Arafat and Mahmoud Abbas routinely presented the killing of Jews as a religious obligation and a fulfillment of the Islamic ideal. So they have to do this. It's part of their religion. Due to the Palestinian Media Watch's exposure of these sermons, which led to an international criticism and pressure, Mahmoud Abbas, whose office controls Palestinian TV, has been forced to prevent the broadcast of sermons calling for the extermination of Jews on Palestinian TV. But the latest sermon of this nature on Palestinian TV was actually in January of 2010. So they're creeping back up there again, evidently. Uh, you, there's a little link here you can click on to see the section on the website documenting uh, this. And the following is a transcript of the actual video clip itself. And it, is, it reads, Allah is our Lord, vanquish your enemies, enemies of the religion of Islam in all places. Allah strike the Jews and their sympathizers, and Christians and their supporters, and communists and their adherents. Allah count them and kill them to the last one, and don't leave even one. What a lovely hymn that would be to sing it, you know, when you go to church on Sunday. You know, count them and kill them to the very last, you know what I mean? I mean, really nice, it's catchy. It's kind of hard to dance to. But, you know, it'd be kind of a nice little warm your, the cockles of your heart hymn, you know, to to kind of, you know, recite in the church, kind of make you feel warm all over, maybe cozy up with a little glass of chai tea or something and, you know, do some needlepoint. I don't know. Anyway, I can't help but be sarcastic when I read this stuff. Um, Anyway, next article. Now, here's to present a little bit of balance to this subject as well. Because... We have given Islam a whole lot of reason to hate us in America. Okay, now I'm not saying you personally. I'm saying our government has. And again, this is all by design. All by design. They create 
this hatred of Americans, particularly, you know, the, the, the military of America. And we're going to show you why in a second here. And then what they do is they let them pour over our, into our borders, particularly the southern border, you know, in, in from Mexico on up. And we've documented that. So that all of these hate-filled, demon-possessed devils of Islam are just waiting. And just, they, they are chomping at the bit to unleash as much evil and havoc as possible on the American populace. Now, I've known about this since, I mean, like, oh my word, for over 10 years that they've got, they, they have these terrorist cells in, they're called cells, and they have them in America, and they've got all manner of biological weapons that they're preparing to unleash, and all manner of things that they're preparing to do regarding anthrax and regarding hitting power supply stations and polluting the water supply, and I mean, over this this Xmas break, we heard something about how they were going to try to strike the salad bars or something, where people go to the salad bars and get tainted, whatever. And there's a lot of different ways they could carry this out, but there's a lot that our government's done to instill this unbelievable hatred toward Americans, where all it's doing is fueling the fire. And I truly believe it's all of Satan, and it's all by design. So let's go ahead and just listen to this clip here. Um, now, there is a profanity warning. I'm not going to play that part of the clip where the guy's cussing. They're interviewing a guy that actually was there, uh, one of our servicemen. He's very matter-of-fact, and he, you know he's Mr. Foulmouth himself, and I'm not going to play that part. So if you do end up playing this, please understand there's one part in there where there's inappropriate language. But he's just very, very matter-of-fact about the way that they went over there and they killed um, innocent people. And they raped women, and they did this, and they did that. And you can't expect to do that and not instill a deep, deep, deep hatred of that country towards you. That that religion's already steeped in hatred, okay? All we're doing is making it worse by being over there. And, and I'll let the, the video do the rest of the talking for me here. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and roll this, and... Um With a... Now, this they're interviewing a uh, man that just got back I, from the Middle East, an American that just got back from the Middle East. That's who you're hearing right now. Some questions. I told him right off the bat, I said, I'm really glad to be home. I'm proud of my service, but I am against the war in Iraq. And I, I know that some family members and some friends weren't pleased that I said that. They thought it was maybe inappropriate at that time. But if every soldier comes home and they just say that they're glad to be home, then no one's going to know the truth about what's going on in Iraq. They're showing a quote now from Henry Kissinger where he said, Military men are dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns for foreign policy. End of quote. That's what the global elite and the people in the highest levels of our government. I'm not saying everyone, but that is what most of these people at the very highest levels think about the military. Military men are dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns for, for foreign policy. I'm not saying I say that. I'm saying they say that. So I'm letting this roll further. Nobel Peace Prize recipient, Henry Kissinger. What a devil. Flags are bits of colored cloth that governments use. First, to shrink-wrap people's brains, and then as ceremonial shrouds to bury the dead. The U.S. military as an institution is very corrupt and is, is built upon spreading death. To me, the idea of having a force like the U.S. Army participating in nation-building is, is just asinine. I mean, we're, we're nation destroyers. That's what we're trained to do. We were all congratulated after we had our first kills. Uh, my company commander personally congratulated. So he's saying here, I don't know if you can hear it, but we were, we were personally congratulated after we had our first kills. Uh, they're interviewing these people at a, at a uh, some type of forum here, these uh, servicemen. This is the same individual who has stated that whoever gets their first kill by stabbing them to death will get a four-day pass when we return from Iraq. 
So I don't know if you heard that, but he said that the the service leader said that whoever gets their first kill by stabbing an enemy to death will get a four-day pass. Um, so again, this is pretty sick stuff. I've heard numerous circumstances of, uh, of civilians getting killed and then, um, you know, soldiers and Marines subsequently uh, placing weapons on their bodies or placing wire on them. Army Private First Class Lavina Johnson would have turned 23 this month, but three years ago, the African-American teenager from Missouri was found dead in Blotteron, just a few weeks short of her 20th birthday. Her body was found in a tent belonging to the private military contractor Kellogg Brown and Root. She abrasions all over her body, a broken nose, a black eye, burned hands, loose teeth, acid burns on her genitals, a bullet hole in her head. The Army labeled Lavina Johnson's death a suicide. They told her parents she died of self-inflicted non-combat injuries. So, in other words, she poured, you know... um, acid on her own genitals and shot herself in the head. No, she was actually raped by most likely our own guys over there. And you got, they notice they mentioned KBR, Kellogg, Brown, and whatever. Well, that in Halliburton, they're going to talk a lot about that because they're two of the private military contractors that have a lot to do with this that have, you know, Halliburton, Dick Cheney was the head of for, for quite a long time. It absolutely two of the most corrupt, wicked companies on the planet. Okay, and they have so much to do with what's going on over there. So it shouldn't be any surprise that that some really, really horrific stuff is going on here. Now I'm going to skip over. This is the part where they're interviewing this man who was talking about very, very matter-of-factly that you know raping women and this and that, and that anybody that he said that has a rag on their head is fair game. And this and that, and you know, it's just, it's really some sick stuff here. Another room, the girl's parents and five year old sister were shot dead. Barker's statement said after Green had killed the two adults and the little girl, he came into the room where the teenager was being sexually assaulted. He had an AK 47 rifle in his hand. He said, They're all dead. I killed them. He put the weapon down, raped the 14 year old, and then shot her dead too. Before they left, they poured kerosene over the girl's body and set it alight. They returned to their checkpoint, and Barker said he grilled some chicken wings. Four years ago, at the age of 19, Ms. Jamie Lee Jones signed a contract to become an employee of KBR, then a Halliburton subsidiary. Ms. Jones arrived in Iraq in July of 2005 and was housed in barracks with 400 men and only a few women. Four days after her arrival, Ms. Jones was drugged and gang raped. After Ms. Jones reported the rape to her supervisors, she was locked in a shipping container with an armed guard and prohibited any contact with the outside world. They locked her in a container. And that was Senator Al Franken saying, I mean, these are just a few of the war atrocities that are going on over there. According to the Center for Defense Information, 51% of your federal income taxes go specifically to military spending. Not health care or education, but war. Now they got this little puppy they're going to show and they throw him. It's really sick. But the um, regarding that income tax, you know, the, when Reagan got into office, he commissioned a blue-label committee called the Grace Commission that went and evaluated all... Uh, aspects of the government, and when they came back and they talked about the um, the Internal Revenue Service, what they came to the conclusion of was not one dime of what you pay in as your internal revenue taxes went to running this country in any way, shape, or form. Not one dime. Okay. So, again, they just said there a lot of it just goes specifically to that. I've heard a lot of it goes to actually black projects. I've heard a lot of it goes to the International Monetary Fund, um, which is the privately owned uh, uh, bank that essentially owns the Federal Reserve because we're printing money out of thin air. So all of this this interest that's generated um, uh, from the inflation of, of the debt that's that's this perpetual debt that they're creating by printing money out of thin airs, a lot of it goes to the International Monetary Fund. So it's it's pretty much everything you pay into the in, into that into the Internal Revenue is just goes for pure wickedness, as far as I can see. And again, that's not me saying that. That's a lot of other 
reports out there that have been circulated. They just threw a puppy. Our, our troops. And in this case, there's these little kids running behind a military truck. I don't know if they're running for their lives or what, but they're just kind of, the, the army guys are just laughing at them as, as they're running behind them. number of Woolwich Woolwiches since the war like this. Massive growth which was rapidly spreading across the little girl's face. <laughs> case after case of differing deformities without any real explanation except their parents' suspicions that the deformities were caused by chemicals such as white phosphorus used by the Americans during the war. Now, this is depleted uranium, and I've talked about this before. And if you don't believe this, just go up to um, uh, Best Website. You can actually watch the documentary. I'll, I'll give it to you right now. Uh, it's D, the letter D, programfilms.net. D, programfilms.net. They got like 236 uh, films you can watch. And go and you'll find, I think it's on the first page... Yeah, it's called Beyond Treason. It's in the second thing on the first page on the right-hand side. It's called Beyond Treason. It tells you all about how we have used depleted uranium in the, in the munitions over there uh, ever since the invasion of Iraq. And um, what that does to somebody, it's, it's, it's radioactive. And the stuff is absolutely lethal. And it's got into the whole, it's got into the, Really, literally, it's global now because it's got into the air. Um, but over there, it's much more concentrated and has caused unbelievably horrific deformities of babies being born over there. So you can imagine how much, which these, these people are Muslim, okay? So you can imagine how much this is making them literally despise and hate us to their very being. They hated us anyway. You, I don't think any of us have a conception of how much they hate us now after after the occupation in the, in the Middle East with our government. And um, let's go a little bit further here. Let's see. A Geiger counter will give a reading of between 5 and 15 pulses per minute in a typical environment. This depleted uranium round will trigger 10,000 pulses in about 40 seconds. This type of ammunition is radioactive because it is made of nuclear waste referred to as uranium-238 or depleted uranium. This material is left over from the processing of uranium-234 used for atomic bombs and uranium-235 used in nuclear power plants. Uranium-238 remains radioactive for four and a half billion years, and its toxicity reveals itself as soon as particles are inhaled or ingested. Cancer and birth defects are the most common side effects. They're, they're showing pictures of these babies. I mean, they don't even look remotely human. I mean, I'm telling you, that's how bad these pictures are, and I've seen them before. But um, when I, I've heard that uh, when in certain regions where this is particular, where this is used a lot, when they have babies, they don't ask if it's a boy or a girl. They ask, is it is it normal? Is the baby normal? Is the first question they'll ask because the birth, these horrific birth defects are so prevalent now. Um, babies being born like this, and, and if they're even alive, I mean, they're just they look like monsters. They really do, and that's what this does. It's radioactive. Um, it is, it, like they said, it's like four and a half billion half-life or something years. I mean, it's there to stay. And when they use it to tip a ballistic, uh, what it does is it will literally melt armor plating. When it, when it hits, it will melt through any type of, of armor plating in this. So it's very effective on the battlefield. But what happens is, is it literally atomizes into this, basically like this dust and it's very easy to get swept up into the into the wind patterns and and um into the air and people inhale it and it causes all kind of horrific horrific side effects 
We have an obligation to every last victim of this illegal aggression because all of this carnage has been done in our name. Since World War II, 90% of the casualties of war are unarmed civilians, a third of them children. Our victims have done nothing to us. From Palestine to Afghanistan to Iraq to Somalia to wherever our next target may be, their murders are not collateral damage. They are the nature of modern warfare. They don't hate us because of our freedoms. They hate us because every day we are funding and committing crimes against humanity. The so-called and again, that's why she's trying to reiterate that point: why the Muslims would hate us so bad. I just see. I wanted to bring this into this conversation because I don't think it's fair just to go here and go over all the things with the Muslims, which is obvious and which is true, but there's also a lot of things we, our government's done. I'm not going to blame me, okay, but I'm saying that, that or, or, or my listeners, okay, but I'm saying that there's obviously a lot of other reasons they have to really be mad at us at this point, and this is what this video documents. The war on terror is a cover for our military aggression to gain control of the resources of Western Asia. Okay, and again, they're they're going over here how we're actually over there, particularly in Afghanistan, literally guarding the heroin, the poppy that is grown over in Afghanistan, and and we've admitted to it. I've seen reports on it. They've even interviewed high level military officers, and they're like, "Well, if we don't, if we didn't destroy the crop, they wouldn't have any any work." I mean, this is insanity. They're over there to actually, you know, guard the heroin. This is sending the poor of this country to kill the poor of those Muslim countries. This is trading blood for oil. This is genocide. And to most of the world, we are the terrorists. In these times... And again, that's the other reason, is the oil. To to secure oil pipelines and actually... um, Which has a lot to do with Halliburton and KBR and these types of things. To, you know, safeguard and and guard and and, and, um, uh, essentially steal... I believe, a lot of the oil that's coming out of that region. So you have the poppy, you have the oil, and none of it's good. No, none of the reasons are, are good. It's just all, you know, for the, for the sake of war and the corporate uh, war machine that, that we've sent over there to do this. Remaining silent on our responsibility to the world and its future is criminal. And in light of our complicity in the supreme crimes against humanity in Iraq and Afghanistan and ongoing violations of the UN Charter and international law, how dare any American criticize the actions of legitimate resistance to illegal occupation? Our so-called enemies in Afghanistan, Iraq, Palestine, our other colonies around the world, and our inner cities here at home are struggling against the oppressive hand of empire, demanding respect for their humanity. They are labeled insurgents or terrorists for resisting rape and pillage by the white establishment, but they are our brothers and sisters in the struggle for justice. The civilians at the other end of our weapons don't have... I beg to differ on there are brothers and sisters in the struggle for justice. Uh, Again, Islam would prevent that. Islam, the tenets of Islam, would absolutely 100%... And see, this is the problem people run into. They're either on one side of the coin or the other. They're either into the, oh, the poor Muslims, they've never done anything wrong, and we deserve, we're the ones that deserve to die, they're the ones that deserve to live, and they wouldn't do anything, they're just peace-loving people. We have those, and then and then the opposite, you know, extreme, you know, where where everybody, you know, you just can demonize the Muslims, and and they're the source and bane of all evil, and we need to go over there and eradicate all of them, okay? But there's there needs to have a balance, and this is why I'm trying to present kind of a little bit of this side as well, so we can understand where a lot of their hatred would emanate from. But American soldiers have choices, and while there may have been some doubt five years ago, today we know the truth. Our soldiers don't sacrifice for duty, honor, country. They sacrificed for Kellogg, Brown, and Root. They don't fight for America. They fight for their lives and their buddies beside them because we put them in a war zone. They're not defending our freedoms. They're laying the foundation for 14 permanent military bases to defend the freedoms of ExxonMobil and British Petroleum. 14 permanent military bases and they show them on the map. You know. 14 permanent military bases in that region. So Exxon, Mobil, and these types of oil and gas companies can have, you know, secured pipelines and these types of things. Also that they can guard the heroin and the opium and the poppy 
over there. So, again, this is the real motivation. I mean, the love of money is the root of all evil. This shouldn't surprise us. There, there, there's, there's nothing... There. This is just a big scam perpetuated on the American public. Just one of many. This is pretty much what we get into on a weekly basis. We're just exposing lies and evil. This is just one more thing that we're exposing. They're not establishing democracy. They're establishing the basis for an economic occupation to continue after the military occupation has ended. Iraqi society today, thanks to American help, is defined by house raids, death squads, checkpoints, detentions, curfews, blood in the streets, and constant violence. We must dare to speak out in support of the Iraqi people who resist and endure the horrific existence we brought upon them through our bloodthirsty imperial crusade. We must dare to speak out in support of those American war resistors, the real military heroes, who uphold their oath to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, including those terrorist cells in Washington, D.C., more commonly known as the legislative, executive, and judicial branches. See, they're, they're, she's, she's nailing it, because they're the real terrorists, the legislative and executive branches of our government. They're the real terrorist cells of America. President Douglas said, those who profess to favor freedom and yet appreciate agitation are people who want crops without plowing the ground. They want rain without thunder and lightning. They want the ocean without the roar of its many waters. The struggle may be a moral one, or it may be a physical one, or it may be both, but it must be a struggle. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never has, and it never will. Every one of us, every one of us must keep demanding, keep fighting, keep thundering, keep plowing, keep speaking, keep struggling until justice is served. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. And, and I would say I would say the most important thing is praying and fasting, Christians praying and fasting about these types of issues, because if you're not aware of them, you would never even know to pray or fast about something like this, or to educate others about something like this. This is just pure evil, what we're talking about here. Uh, and here, related to this, next article is uh, Pentagon Christmas Pentagon's Christmas present, largest military budget since World War II. On December 22nd, both houses of the U.S. Congress unanimously passed. This is just one of the things that they did over this lame duck session. U.S. Congress unanimously passed a bill authorizing $725 billion for next year's Defense Department budget. The bill, the National Defense Authorization Act, Act for fiscal year 2011 was approved by all 100 senators as required by a voice vote in the House. The House has approved the bill now sent to President Obama to sign into law. The proposed figure for the Pentagon's 2011 war chest includes, in addition to the base budget, $158.7 billion for what, na- for what are now euphemistically referred to as overseas contingency operations, the military occupation of Iraq and Afghanistan, which is just exactly what we were just talking about. Even as it currently is the constant, is the amount, I'm sorry, even as it is currently is, the amount is the highest in constant dollars, uh, which means pegged at any given year's dollar and adjusted for inflation, since 1945, the final year of the Second World War. I mean, we're, we're not in a Second World War, yet it's, it's, it's the highest amount that we've ever spent, and that's adjusted for inflation. With the recent U.S. Census figures at about $308 million, next year the Pentagon will spend $2,354 for every citizen of the country at a $725 billion price tag alone. Can you imagine how much good this money could do if they spent it toward, you know, righteous, good things? Like feeding the poor and taking care of the widows and, and, you know, there's so many things they could spend this on that would be righteous, okay? But this is just evil, okay? And and again, hopefully that video would, would prove that to you, that there's so much evil going on you know, overseas, 
And I just wanted to point that out as well. Now, we're going to go ahead and continue this, but I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we'll go to part two next. God bless you. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's drjohnson at the letter i, the letter x, dot n-e-t-c-o-m dot com with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.